Greetings and welcome to another great episode in Impala's podcast series, 20 Minutes With. I am your host, Juliana Carantin, and today I am privileged to introduce our guest, Ava Carmen Reinhold, chairperson of the Swedish National Association of Independent Music, SOM, and co-chair of Impala's Diversity Task Force. We'll soon check out on Ava's credentials to see why I cannot think of anyone more qualified to talk about European Diversity Month. Hey, Ava, wonderful to have you on the show. Hey, Juliana, pleasure being here. Thanks for having me. Okay, Eva, I've got to say how to continue the compliments, how multi-talented and multifaceted you are. First, you're the chairperson of SOM. You are a music lawyer. You are the founder of Smilodon, a Swedish music publishing company. Moreover, you are a musician yourself. First, what do you do as a musician and what's the secret to juggling all these different activities? Oh, well, I actually um, started, I, I consider myself a musician at heart and I studied music at uh, an amazing high school for music in Stockholm when I was 15, along with the people who are very famous and successful in music today. But I didn't have the self-confidence to pursue a music career myself. I um, entered the Royal College of Music in Stockholm, but I dropped wow. out after one year. So I come from that side. And But when I was 20, I got a summer job at STIM, the Performing Rights Society in Sweden. From there, I've been working in the music industry. But five, six years ago, I started uh, writing music again. And with some friends, uh, I have... a a band called Marut, who plays reggae, ska, backbeat music with Swedish lyrics. <laughs> that is so cool. That is just absolutely amazing. Three songs that Spotify's official Swedish reggae playlist, which is... My cool. goodness. <laughs> That's absolutely fun as well. And yeah. with all this and the corporate side of life, etc., how mm. do you juggle? How do you manage this? Well, like Shiva, I have uh, three eyes and four arms, and I don't <laughs> sleep much. My job as a chairperson for SOM is uh, about 50%. As a, to my company, Smilodon, I don't, it's a publishing and a company with their own label. I, I'm not as active as a record label anymore as I was like 15 years ago. So I just occasionally sign and release music apart from my own. <laughs> so what I, apart from the SOM uh, mission, I work as a music lawyer in within, I'm not a member of the bar, but I have a master's of law and uh, all my experience in the industry. And I use that to consult mainly creators, songwriters, uh, artists, um, and also independent companies, of course, and help them with the all the contracts and dealings of the music industry. I well, also teach at uh, education mm -hmm, about mm -hmm. uh, you know music business knowledge. Oh, okay, okay, mm. okay. We've already mentioned the European Commission supported European Diversity Month. I feel obliged to state why the diversity and inclusion issue is imperative today. 
This is what the commission says. Over one in two Europeans, that's about 59%, believe that discrimination because of one's ethnic origin is widespread. One in three people of African descent say they have experienced racist harassment in the past five years. And more than 70 years after the Holocaust, widespread anti-Semitism affects Jewish people in all areas of life in the EU. Then, off the top of my head, let me mention Beyonce, Madonna, Bonnie Raitt, Adele, Shed Sade, Taylor Swift, artists and entrepreneurs who are household names in most parts of the world, yet within the music industry itself, get this. Recent studies show that although there are more women in the industry in general, they rarely make it to the upper echelons of the profession. So back to you, Eva, what is it like being a woman in an executive position in the music business? And what are some of the challenges you faced during your career? Now, I think there are more women in the industry on executive positions, which is uh, good. <laughs> when I first started doing a when I was 25 in Stockholm, uh, Sweden, it was uh, I was pretty much the only female A&R in the music industry. My and goodness. although that's not an MD position, it's still an important role in the industry. Mm -hmm. So, but today I see it has a lot of change has happened and there are more female A&Rs, more female like business affairs and stuff like that. At the same time, it's uh, not difficult to find rooms where there the gathered power are strictly male, white male executives uh, on all the big companies, all the major record labels, on most of the publishers, at least in Sweden. I think the music industry is a reflection of the society, the rest of the society, I think. So whatever problems or challenges we can see in society at large, they are, of course, also in the music industry. Although in the music industry, we trade with different kinds of capital. It's not only the, the money, mm -hmm. it's uh, the creative capital. So to me, I think that the easiest way for me to reach a position where I could do what I wanted was to start my own company. Although I was recruited as an MD for the publishing company. So, I mean, I, I was, uh, I've been lucky, I guess, and I've been spotted and supported by men in a stronger position. Sometimes it's been not at my workplaces, but on like boards or on different organizations or panels. It could be like you're, you enter as the, the only woman on the panel or sort of like the, the token uh, representative <laughs> of a certain group, but it's still in many ways a boys club, I'd say. These things are changing now. I mean, people start to organize. They We hook up with each other, support each other. And so I have so many more female clients now who are both not only artists, but they're songwriters. They're specialized in top lining. They're music producers. They start their own labels. Things, Things are improving. Are yeah, okay, yeah, that's good improving. to hear. Very, very satisfying to hear. As diversity in all aspects of life today is the key topic at the music industry as well, what is Impala's position on this? And could you explain what Impala is doing to inspire change? 
Yeah, Impala has been working on diversity for years now, but um, we now have a more structured approach. We're more concentrated on Southern Europe and then Central and Eastern Europe. And I have 30 plus countries represented in Impala. We also have five women on the board, including the chair and the and executive chairs. So I've only been working with Impala for or on the board for two years, but already there's um, a lot of things happening. I also remember the action that Impala took, which led to the birth of the diversity task force, one being the murder of George Floyd, etc. Yeah, that was after that tragic murder. I think we were all shocked, but we also need to felt like we needed, wanted to do something. And it led to the single biggest stance of unity within the music sector that we have ever seen, Blackout Tuesday. And as a result, within Impala, we, we postponed a board meeting, of course, to respect that day. That still was not enough. And we decided a week after we founded what we call the Impala Diversity Task Force. That is a group that I co-chair along with Paul Pacifico from AIM in the UK. The idea was to have a more structured approach on these issues within our sector based on European fundamental rights, which cover gender, ethnicity, religion, belief, disability, age and sexual orientation, political beliefs as well, and um, other protected characteristics. The severe verdict handed down for George Floyd's totally unnecessary death illustrates why inclusion in all areas of life should not be treated as trivial. What did the task force do then? In order to find out uh, how we could work, we had the great opportunity to work with Keith Harris as an advisor. Keith has already done a lot of diversity work in the UK for UK music. And he brought really valuable experience to Impala's task force. Our first job was Impala's diversity and inclusion charter. So last summer we had weekly meetings for maybe two months just to talk, discuss how to proceed. The charter itself was released in October 2020. Awesome. Yeah, we're really proud of that. It's uh, not enough, but it's all, it's a good start. So... We um, also have worked on uh, guidance for associations and members because there are both members of Impala, both uh, record labels and trade associations, which represent many more <laughs> labels and nearby artists. So in order to spread the uh, conclusions and, and the goals of the diversity charter, we set up these um, training sessions and guidance and we work together. It was set up a training program in partnership with two other amazing persons from the UK, Vic Bain and Arit Aminu. Uh, I'm not sure if I get her second name right, but uh, Arit and Vic are really amazing people with a lot of experience from diversity training from different aspects. The training takes place annually, and so far more than 50 members of Impala have joined for the first session in January. And we also organize uh, specific calls for the trade associations within Impala in order to exchange experiences and uh, support each other in our local work. Well, Impala's commitment looks 
comprehensive. And for those keeping a close eye on the implementation of diversity policies, you'll be pleased to know Keith, as well as Vic and Arit will be on the show later this year. And I'm really looking forward to learning what they have to say as this crucial debate develops. Okay, Eva, tell us a little bit about your work in Sweden. How do you promote diversity in your national association? And what good practices would you single out? Sweden is a country of 10 million people and our trade association, SOM, has 300 members. They vary from fairly large independent music companies to maybe 100 DIY artists who release their own music. It's a lot of variety between our members in size and um, resources. But we try to, and they also work with all kind of musical genres. And um, our work is done by me on 50% and our Mats at the office who works almost 100%. So we're small setup. But how we set up the, the board is that we are nine people and we make sure to always count that we have representation from men and women as equal as possible, uh, have that those individuals represent different kind of experiences in musical genres the age difference, I assume now, is between 25 to maybe 65 on the board. And uh, our main event of the year is the music award uh, called Manifest Galam, and where we also arrange seminars called Manifest Talks. And the award is uh, promotes music in 20 different genres. And then we have uh, Indie of the Year, which is our... Um, honorable award <laughs> we give to different very well chosen people every year that is that we promote um, 20 different musical genres and one uh, indie of the year which is our honorable award so we try to really work with how we are presented like who's on stage who's musical genres age um, cultural representation and try to also in the panels that we have a lot of music industry panels. We have for at least two years that I've been in charge of the Manifest Awards, we have had two panels on diversity. One more on um, like good examples, like good initiatives uh, presented, and also the organization's um, role and responsibility on how to proceed. What you say is also a great example of how associations can adapt the charter to their local needs. Definitely. I'm really proud of the Impala Charter, and I think it's a really great example of our vision. But I'm also proud of the collaboration and all the work in the process of getting to, to the charter, so to say. I think it brought a lot of us together because I think many of us can finding it difficult to discuss these matters in intelligent and respectful way. I'm a white woman from Sweden. I've never experienced racism. I've experienced sexism, ageism. And, and I think that sharing experiences with each other makes us more aware of uh, other people's situation. It shouldn't be that difficult because I think most of us uh, have experienced some kind of bullying sometimes and know that that's not 
done and and what if that was sort of the um standard treatment just because of your gender age uh, skin color or whatever it's um it's not the world that i want so we need to shape up and act accordingly <laughs> to improve it but we uh, getting back to impala's work i it's been really great to see everybody sharing ideas and working together on this topic as i said and impala also have diversity advocates within impala's committees and on the board and these advocates jobs it's to think about diversity and inclusion aspects across all areas of impala's work yeah sorry for the long answer <laughs> well everything you've said so far sounds absolutely enlightening in which case what's next now may is european diversity month right how are you and impala responding to it Oh, we are marking this uh, with the first ever diversity and inclusion survey of the European independent music sector. The idea with the survey is to share best practices and inspire each other. We will also start to build a picture of the sector's diversity and what the issues might be in different countries. And the results will be published later in the year. And the goal is to do this Uh, not as a one-off, but uh, repeatedly. Well, I am one of many who can't wait to see the outcome of those initiatives. Until then, what would you say you've learned from Impala's initiatives so far? And what do you intend to do in the future with its task force? It's been a, a good reminder of how much good we can do together. And it's possible to achieve something when... You bring different people together and share experiences and be brave about them and want to learn and want to develop as people and as companies and organizations. I think that's my reflection on a personal note. But I'm also looking forward to working on Impala's awards and the new campaigns with, that we will introduce to highlight the diversity in the independent sector across Europe. Great, Eva. That's been absolutely an inspiring conversation. So for our popular five quick fire questions in five minutes, are you ready? Okay. <laughs> Here we go. What are the three things that stand out for you in the past 12 months? The need for change is uh, constant, I think. Me Too, Black Lives Matter, Fridays for Future are three little hashtags that carry such big questions. It can feel that it's just um, a trend, but it's just, uh, and you think maybe now the change has come, now it's the revolution uh, here and we will finally see uh, real change. And then it's sort of silence in the media and something else is on the topic. But the lesson learned is that the movement and the work on fundamental rights for human beings all over the world, that process is, has to continue. It's never ending. What are your priorities for the future? The past year of COVID has been, it still feels like a, it's a wet, cold blanket over the world. And <laughs> it's really, it's been a tough time. I've experienced the losses of people on a personal level and 
I think it's just also been a reminder. I mean, I mean, I'm so old now, so I know pretty much what I uh, want to do and how to live my life. So it's just a reminder of actually continue to trying to pursuing just that. Work with the people that you enjoy. Um, lose the bullshit. What are you often heard saying? Uh, I'm a lawyer. I guess it depends <laughs> on the situation. Or I need to. Can I get the whole picture? <laughs> okay, or, that's yeah. great. No, that's that's brilliant. Um, what's your one piece of advice to someone considering a career in music? Be honest with the music and the art, because that's the most important thing to to give the music the value that it deserves. And as a person, as an individual. You need to read up on your rights and other people's rights, but mainly regarding music, copyright. Work with people who understand your vision. Take advice or listen to experienced mm-hmm. people, and then follow your own heart. Find a, a path forward in the industry because today it's possible. It's internet has brought democratization, or how do you say it in English? But it's a it's a more democratic. The music careers are more accessible today. Because you have lost all the gatekeepers of expensive studios, uh, hard to get uh, record labels, uh, etc., hard to get uh, radio channels or whatever, it is actually possible to just start write music, produce it, release it, network via social media, and um, so do that. Collaborate with others, but read up on your rights and also take responsibility. I'm not a big fan of. Uh, Blame the label culture that sometimes can appear that when when artists and creators take no responsibility for their own business because art is also a business. So take one day one day a month and, and consider your own creativity from a business perspective. I mean in house, and then the rest of the month you can be creative. And what is on your playlist at the moment? Apart from the music I always listen to, like. Bob Marley, Yona Mitchell, Thin Lizzy, <laughs> and artists like that. I'm a big fan of a Norwegian artist that we've adopted to Sweden, and she's called Anne Brun, and she's amazing. She was uh, actually nominated for Impala's Album of the Year this year, and oh, uh, right. that's just one example of uh, her brilliance. I think she's great, lovely person as well. Another singer-songwriter is Vera Winter, who I also really, really like. She's, I'm, I'm a bit biased here too, because she's a colleague of mine on the board of some. But uh, yeah, check her out. We should definitely do that. <laughs> well, listen, Ava, thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. I, and I'm sure our listeners, have learned a lot about what can be done about diversity and inclusion. There's no excuse basically anymore. And I think that the task force is doing a brilliant work in pushing this forward. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Juliana, for having me. It's been wonderful. And uh, happy Diversity Month.